Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Tommy, who is this? Big Star. It's called 13, is that right? That's right. Greatest song ever written. Wow. I'll tell you a story about this off the air because it's definitely what I won't tell on the air. You can't just throw out the chum like that and move on. Nope, can't do it. I know Coulter well enough to know this. If you missed anything in the first hour, check it out on the podcast. The podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. It's available all the time, and it is there. Thanks to Blackfoot. Blackfoot setting us up with the podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. You ready for a new truck? Get to Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton for the best deals on the best trucks, Duramax, Chevy, or GMC. Uh, it is time now for our Opportunity Bank Coach's Corner. It is brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. We talked with Craig Mettler earlier today, Coulter. He is the uh, head coach of the Sentinel Track and Field team. He's also a gym PE teacher at Sentinel High School. He's also a former Grizz football player. So he's got it all going on. Love having Craig on when we get an opportunity. But we'll talk to him about a number of things which you'll hear here, including uh, uh, the oddity of trying to be a gym coach online i mean good luck you know what i mean but he's actually got some pretty good tricks so enjoy our conversation with head dragon field coach at sentinel high school craig mettler we go now to the rangage brothers rv phone line and we welcome in the head track and field coach of the sentinel spartans track and field team and former grids and friend of the show i think i could say craig mettler with us craig thanks so much for being with us once again man how are you holding up Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. 
Well, we're certainly happy to have you on, and surprisingly, we actually got a lot to talk about right now. But the first thing I got to know is what are you up to just in general right now? So you're you're a track and field coach and also a teacher, uh, a, G, a PE teacher at Sentinel. So that stuff is all sort of, you know, as we know, been shifted dramatically, especially on the teaching side. How do you do that? How do you be a good gym teacher when you can't go to the gym? Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those classes where you have, it's, it's a face-to-face um, class, so yeah, it's difficult, but we've, uh, we've come up with a few things. We're giving out um, activity logs to kids to help them track their exercises, and then also uh, we, we, we've developed and given them a lot of resources to use in order to do those at-home workouts. Um, on top of that, we have some reflection questions, and then we're going to start pushing out some health unit curriculum here as well. So uh, we're doing our best right now to, to keep, keep kids busy. And, you know, the feedback I'm getting from kids is that the physical activity is, is huge for them right now because being uh, cooped up in the house all day can, can have a wear and tear on people, their, their mental state. So the kids have been really enjoying the, the, the physical activity aspect of it. Well, well, help us out selfishly and our listeners too. Like, what are the things? Give, give us, give us an example of something. Like, okay, you're at your house. Here's a good way to just get something done. Well, um, just for everybody out there, there's a ton of resources on uh, on YouTube. You know, there's a handful of hip exercises, workout videos that can keep you busy. Um, fortunately for some of us, we have some iron to throw around, so I've been able to to swing some kettlebells and um, put a put a barbell on my back and do some back squats, some light back squats. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of resources for folks out there if they're looking to to stay physically active during this time, outside of just the normal recreating of hiking and fishing in, uh, in this beautiful western Montana. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely some things you can dig up on the internet to keep you keep you healthy and fit. Well, I do all that stuff as well, but instead of iron, it's a three year old boy. That's what <laughs> I'm throwing around uh, at the house. So I guess that works. Dude, there you go, man. You can you can have them hanging off of each arm doing doing body squats. <laughs> right. How about you personally, Craig? I mean, everyone, all of us that work in sports, we do it because we love being busy. And so obviously, you're not nearly as busy right now. What are you doing to pass the time without track practice to attend to, and on all the other sorts of things that we do to occupy our time? Yeah, that's uh, you know, I am actually able to do get a lot of grading done. So when these kid when the kids submit their um, their activity, I mean, this morning. Shoot, I, I spent four hours grading uh, activity logs and their responses, their their reflection to their activities for the week. So um, doing that and constantly updating the Google Classroom, um, providing them more resources. Oh, let's see here. Um, myself, personal with track, you know, we're, we're having track meetings weekly. So th- there's definitely things to be done and things that I can get done that I normally wouldn't have time for. For example, we finished. I finished the uh, um, the electrical in the basement. Well, we got we got it finished. I didn't do much. We hired it out, but I was able to be home and let the electrician in and out of the house. So, <laughs> Huge, um, massive ch- work by you there. That you know, I appreciated it. It was a lot. Of, it was a lot of work on my part. I had to. He actually sent me to Home Depot to get some wire and a couple uh, a three ganger and a, a couple single gangers there for some light switches and whatnot so uh 
so yeah, I'm lear- I'm learning some things here as well myself uh, on how to how to do some domestics around the the house. Well, let's talk about the sports element of this because I think that around the state, people are pretty disappointed that track and field and other spring sports have been put on hold, but it hasn't quite been canceled yet. So start there. I mean, I know that the MHSA has been meeting every couple of weeks to try to decide you know, whether they're going to shut this thing down or, or delay it until maybe we can come back. What are your thoughts just on the timeline of it all? I mean, how much time do you need? How many meets would you guys need if there was to be sort of an abbreviated season and a state track meet? You know that's a that's a great loaded question there. There's so many there's so many things that are that are going on um, currently trying to navigate our way through. But um, I think the first thing is obviously making sure that the kids are getting their workouts in, and we've developed a plan as a coaching staff to push workouts to the kids, and we've got a lot of feedback from the kids and community members that, hey, I've seen a lot of kids out of the track working, so um, they're still preparing for the season. Then when it comes to the shortened season and how many meets, I mean, I could see as little as three meets and as many as five, depending on when we start and, and how far they extend the season. So, And that, that three and five would include the state track meet. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's got a it's an interesting time. I know some states have pushed their track meets, their state track meets back to the fifth and sixth of June, and some even farther back. I thought I saw Iowa pushed it back into July, maybe. So, um, so there's there's definitely some states and their associations, their high school associations, who are making um, giving the giving these high school seniors an opportunity to compete in their last year. And also, a lot of people aren't talking about the juniors. The junior year is such a critical year to get recruited um, for for 2021 at, at this juncture, and uh, and so there's there's just just a ton of kids that aren't getting their opportunities to to shine. And I do enjoy and or I do like what our uh, association is doing with pushing it back every two weeks just to reassess the situation because. Um, you never do know what, what could happen and what can come out of this. Uh, Governor Bullock did a good job of putting the clamp down early and, uh, and has really helped keep things somewhat settled in, in Montana um, in terms of the COVID-19. But, uh, but yeah, it, it would be awesome to get, to get a, a season in. And if we don't, I mean... I would just feel so terrible. I, I just got to say sorry to the seniors because they have to graduate, but I get to continue coaching, you know? So it, it's tough because some of us get to keep doing it in, in our roles, whether it's an athlete or as a coach, but those seniors, this is their, their last hurrah. So I would feel terribly sorry for them if we had to call the season on May 4th. Craig Mettler joining us. He's the head track and field coach of the Sentinel Spartans. And, Coach, when you talk about th- those seniors, especially a couple of them like Lauren Hagen, for instance, who is you know already going to be going on and continuing you know her outstanding career you know at at the next level of college but when you're trying to prepare kids uh for where they're going you know in her case to washington or whatever that next step might be from a track and field standpoint when you're not even participating in the events how are you going to go about that it seems like sort of a weird thing to do at this point 
Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, who knows? I mean, are they going to get, if we do have that shortened season, will they have enough? It, it could go both ways. Um, you could have kids who are going to come out the gate hot and perform really well, or you're going to have kids who need more coaching and more time and maybe wouldn't perform as well as if they had a full season. So um, a kid like Lauren, I mean, I know, I know Lauren's out there working her tail off. So when it comes to her and then moving on to, at, to the next level at UW, um, I, I think she'll be fine. Because, um, again, you got to think everyone's in this same predicament, same situation. Even the NCAA athletes, they're done for the season, the spring season. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's uncharted times gentlemen and uh we just got to do the best that we can to keep positive and keep the hope alive for for these kids on the note of lauren where did you think of where, where she was at coming into this year before this all got shut down i know she's done some off-season track meets and i mean wh- i mean what was going to be her goals for this year because when you talk about somebody that's already done so many amazing things been on state championship teams won so many individual state championships sh- set all class records I mean, how do you continue to push her, and what was her potential for this spring? Hey, so number one, she was this was the healthiest she's been coming into. Well, last year she was not healthy coming into the track season. So this year she did a really good job of staying healthy in the offseason, still putting in the work, but not overdoing it. And then um, Lauren's a self-starter. Um Lauren, Jaden, those are the first two that come to my mind as, as seniors who were going to have big, big seasons. And those guys, those two are, are self-starters. And I I don't really have – yeah, I got a lot of faith in them. I, I, I don't see that. I, I would see them performing super well regardless of a shortened season and uh, fewer practices. You know, last year – coming off that great state championship for the boys side and you lose you know a couple of, uh, of great seniors who then went on to play you know one at least one at montana state playing football one at montana playing football but ha- to have had that class and establish that again at sentinel how big was that for for you coming into this season and just the future in general where okay now there's been sort of an established uh uh you know uh, level of achievement for the whole group and what does that do for the subsequent classes that come through now at Sentinel High School. Yeah, success breeds success. And uh, when you have such outstanding workers and role models like we had last year, that just filters through to the rest of the program down to those lower classes. And the kids understand what work ethic is, what it looks like, and then the payoffs of, of that work ethic. So, um, yeah, this season, I mean, we lost Neil Daly, obviously, to Billings West, which was uh, a tough, tough loss. So, um, But our, our boys team was going to be strong again. I mean, you want to talk about uh, some dudes. Jaden, the other day, he ran a uh, – he ran a 40. We, we do we do this workout where you run sprint as far as you can in 40 seconds. He went 337 meters in 40 seconds, which would have put him at like a 47. Oh, I forget the exact number, eight or 47.7 in the 400. Has had we um, had we have him run the whole that whole uh, 400 instead of just running a 40 second shot of it. But I mean that kid's he's putting the time in. He's he's got. 
uh, some great leadership skills in terms of not necessarily the um, the the speaking wise. He's not going to be the rah rah guy, but the work that he puts in uh, and the tone that he sets is incredible for those younger kids. I mean, Jane Foster, he was the surprise of, of the spring last year for me. I know you loved his potential, but then you know, at the state meet, he just went off, got third in the 100 meters, won the 200, won the 400, ran on the relays. That rapid development, how do you how do you hone that? How do you get that to happen later on in the year, and how do you carry it over through the offseason now into this year if he does get a senior year? Yeah, um, our coaches have great uh, great plans, season plans for their for their kids lined out. So Coach Reynolds, he's our sprints coach, and he does a, a great job with those guys. And um, like I said earlier, we are pushing out workouts to the kids just as if we would have practices face-to-face out at Stagner. Um, and the kids are still doing those workouts. So they're, they're, it's a little different not having a coach there helping critique you and film you and whatnot. But I have heard that some kids have been – timing themselves or keeping that social distance, but they're timing themselves and um, filming each other. So our kids are, are helping each other out in that sense and, and getting some work in. So uh, how do you prime them for a shortened season like this? That's, that's, I, I think it's, you just got to keep it pretty basic. It's just about who works, who puts the work in, who has that intrinsic motivation. Cause this doesn't, this isn't something that, any coach or any athlete is, has ever experienced. So it's, uh, it's a different time. Craig Mettler joining us, at track and field coach at Sentinel High School. Craig, we'll get you out of here on this. I know the one piece of uh, news from the offseason was Kalen Anderson moving on and going into the college football ranks, joining Kyle Sampson's staff at Montana Tech. I know Kalen's been a great asset to the Sentinel community, you know, coaching multiple sports, uh, but particularly has been your guys's horizontal jumps coach and has mentored girls like Lord and Hagen and Ashley McElmurray, who's now at Nebraska. So, uh, I mean, what do you, how, how do you go about replacing a guy like Kalen? What sort of things do you think he brought to your program during his time with you? Man, Kalen, uh, there's a lot to be said about Kalen. He's just a great friend, number one. Um, number two, he's, he's all coach, man. He's all coach. And it was an opportunity for him to get back into the coach college coaching world because he was at Northern before he came to us. And just, just a wonderful human being, wonderful family. Annie, his wife, their, son, or their daughter, Everly. Uh, beautiful young little daughter and uh yeah it's gonna be tough he he had so much knowledge and he is no ego such a learner he's just all about the kids and how can i get better to help these kids get better um and he even made a comment to me one time he's like last year he goes it's so cool having lauren and ashley because they've made me a better coach and uh um with that said he he had a trusty assistant claire bonsack who not only jumped for Kalen um, at Sentinel, and then she went on to the U for a couple years and jumped and competed, uh, but she's also been coaching the last three or four years with Kalen. So in terms of the transition from coaching, having Claire be Kaylin's, in Kalen's shadow and next to him all the time has made the transition for the horizontal jumps super easy for the coaches and the kids because – she knows his plan, and he um, obviously shared a lot of information with her. So um, 
Yeah, not having Kalen's tough, but he has set a foundation for our horizontal jumps program in terms of mentoring another coach. So that was uh, that's that's incredible and huge for our team. And I think that our our kids would be would be competing at a super high level if we were to have just finished our third meet last Saturday at MCPS. It would have been the MC, MCPS invite, and I think that uh, Claire would have been doing a great job with those kids but yeah it's tough losing Kalen because again wonderful guy incredible coach just a great dude all around and uh Butte got a good one well Craig we appreciate you being on with us man and take uh, take it easy over there good luck finishing up the school year and we'll see where we're at with the spring sports here coming up but uh stay safe and we'll look forward to talking with you here soon Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys. Stay safe out there as well. And uh, Sparty on, baby. Craig Mettler, head track and field coach at Sentinel High School. Interesting deal, Coulter, to be a teacher in general, but a gym teacher right now? I mean, good luck. Good luck. I needed to learn how to play badminton. I can't do that. No doubt. And, I mean, it's it's, – I mean, from a track perspective, I mean – I think everybody is impacted by this equally across the state, but I wanted to have Craig on because the Sentinel boys are the reigning Class AA champs, and That's the right. Sentinel girls uh, did not win the championship last year. They placed top three, uh, but they were the back-to-back reigning champs before that. Mm-hmm. And Lauren Hangins were the great track athletes in the history of the state of Montana already, right. and she doesn't get to do her senior year. But he also mentioned Jaden Jaden Foster. I thought Jaden Foster was probably the breakout star in the state of Montana during spring sports last year. Yeah. He was a guy that had been a competitive guy, had run some relay teams and been an okay, you know, competitive but definitely not elite sprinter. And then the last month of last year, he just exploded. And all of a sudden, he was running sub-11 seconds in the 100 meters. He was running sub-22 seconds in the 200 meters. And all of a sudden, then he burst into being the top 400-meter runner in the state, too, which I don't think anybody saw coming. And he swept the two, four, two and 400 and placed top three in the 100. And in terms of... The events that I think we're getting robbed of if if this does not come back. Yeah. All the best sprinters in the state last year on the boys' side in track and field, all of them were juniors. They, I mean, I think that the top four guys in the 100 meters and four out of the top five guys in the 200 meters were all set to be back. And they all ran really competitive times last year, too. So that's a big bummer if we don't get to see those guys run because there's a lot of really special athletes I mean, sub eleven seconds is a really is an amazing number in the hundred meters in Montana, and there was four guys that went under eleven at the state meet last year in Kalispell. So, I hope it comes back. Like Mettler said, I think one of the good parts about track and field, so much of the workouts are individual. I mean, as we know, we've talked to Lauren Hagen; she's been on this show before. The reason she's so good is that she trains for her triple jump and and hurdle stuff year round. So I am right. I can't imagine that she's not doing that. How do you acclimate to then the heat of competition? I'm not sure, but it, they'll be more physically ready than most other athletes if they've been putting in the work. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. How, how about that for an interesting uh, uh, training deal to see how far you can run in a certain amount of time? We always do right. the distance and see what your time is. Well, you can do it the other way. That's the way space time works. Well, and and, and but, I, think, I think that's – Craig touched on it there too, but I think that's why Sentinel – more than any other track program in the state, their kids, they blossom so immediately. Like it, it, It's like incremental build until all of a sudden some of these kids, the sprinters particularly, they just explode. And it's because they don't train short distances. 
Like Jaden Foster, Craig was telling me, I can't remember if this was on this show or if it was just us talking, but hardly ever actually ran the 100 meters last year. Mm-hmm. He run, he trains the 400 all the time, and so then your endurance is so good so you can finish so strong on the 100. So then when you run the 100, it, it's kind of like the same concept as lifting weights, right? Like lifting really heavy so that when you go for reps, it's easier. I mean, he, he, it's, a, it's a strategic thing, and they're doing a great job over at Sentinel. Their track and field program is as good as there is in the state of Montana. Here's my question. This is for you and Tommy. You got 40 seconds. How far are you running? Four in forty seconds. Yeah, that's what he did. Right, forty seconds. He went three hundred and forty meters or something like that. How far are you going to get in forty seconds? Man, that's an interesting question. It wouldn't be as short of that of Jaden Foster's distance as you would think, because the distance starts really getting put on after that first minute. I don't know. I mean, I'm by no means fast, but I, I'd have to think that I could run a 200 meters. In, yes. I, I could run more than 200 meters in 40 yeah, you'd, seconds. You'd be, you'd be better than 200 meters. I mean, because a, a good 200 time is 22 seconds, so you, you would never think that. I mean, I'm slow, but I'm not twice no, as no, slow no, you, as a good yeah, but I bet you could get 250. I bet you could get close to 250. Yeah. You're both uh, familiar with Big Sky High School. Yes. I, indeed. Okay, so the bus loop. Yes. to where the coffee cart was by the 60s hall. <laughs> That's about as far as I could make it okay. in 40 seconds. Great. I would make it 100 meters. I would do it in well under 40 seconds, but by the time I covered 100 <laughs> meters, I quit? would collapse. It would be That would be it. I would just, then my threshold would have been met. That's all I think. It's 2 telling the one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Some NFL stuff after this. Tavares Jackson passing away last night. Very, very sad. We'll talk about him in memoriam. And also Christian McCaffrey, richest running back in NFL history, signed a new deal. We'll tell you what it is right after this. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. from Taylor Swift to this great what are they called? Big Star song? Yeah. So then one of the cuts off the greatest albums of all time. So sometimes I'm like, man, this kid knows more about music than anybody. And then sometimes I'm like, maybe he's just getting lucky. Well, one thing I know about you is that you've never quite gotten lucky, Coulter. So I'm (laughs) ten steps ahead of you, buddy. Are you kidding me? I'm alive and fully employed. I feel like that makes me one of the luckiest people in the world. Amen. True. It's Tutel Nuanas and Tommy, 1029 ESPN Radio. Great to be with you across the state. Thanks for letting us be around where you are, whatever you're up to. We appreciate it. You can check us out online, 1029ESPN.com. Listen live all the time on the stream. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, Colter, some very, very sad news coming across the wire earlier today. 
Uh, but Tavares Jackson passed away last night at the age of 36, a car accident uh, that he was in, uh, a community seven miles south of Montgomery, Alabama, Montgomery, his hometown. I'd been on the coaching staff at Tennessee State uh, up until that point, but uh, he leaves behind uh, a wife and three children, so just a truly sad, sad uh, piece of news uh, uh, coming through uh, today we find out about this. But Tavares Jackson played 10 years in the league, actually had – a pretty good look, and was he was a starter. He, let's put it like this: he started games, though I don't know that he was ever actually a starter. He of was a, team a starter for the Minnesota Vikings for Minnesota for, for I think a year, maybe a year and a okay. half, and then was also uh, sort of relegated to the backup role when Brett Favre signed on and was on those teams, and then went to Seattle and was a very good backup and played games as well uh, behind Russell Wilson. Was on the team uh, that won the Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos with the Seahawks uh, behind Russell Wilson. And I thought, if you could ever have a guy who could be a great, who you would want to have as a backup quarterback, it would be a guy like Tavares Jackson because he's a really good player. He could be a starter on, well, and as you said, he was a starter for the Vikings, and there's probably... 10 teams in the league where, you know, you go, okay, this guy probably should be a starter for that team. But also, especially when he went to Seattle, it's really hard to have a guy who's a quarterback like a Russell Wilson and have a backup that does something completely different than what he does. You know what I mean? Where you got to rewrite everything that you've been up to. And I thought he was cut from the same cloth in many ways of, of Russell Wilson in terms of his style of play. Tremendous athlete and a great player. And we uh, certainly think of him and his family today as very, very, very sad and surprising, obviously, uh, news of his passing. Like you said, he's from Montgomery, Alabama. Played his college ball at Alabama State, which is the HBCU, historical black college. Out of that grouping of schools, mm-hmm. He, he's I think he has more reverence and he's even more legendary. I mean, I think that people remember him in the NFL standards as, you know, the consummate pro, a guy who was a great backup, talented guy who maybe didn't get as much of a shot as he deserved but was ready when his time was called upon, but is not remembered with any sort of crazy historical sure. context, yeah, but yeah. he is in that in that circle. And I think the fact that he was back coaching at Tennessee State, he was back giving back to that community too. I think this was this is this will resonate regionally maybe more than it does nationally. Sure. But I have a question for you because yeah. I think that we've seen we've seen a handful of guys that have sort of encompassed this uh, like the fringe guy, like the guy who is he's one of the twenty five or thirty five best quarterbacks in the league, and oftentimes he goes and plays behind one of the top ten guys. Mm-hmm. But he's one of the better guys, guys like Mike Tomzak, John Kitna, yeah, Cade Mc, or Josh McNown. You know, guys that if they were if they really wanted to bow them out and go be the quarterback for the worst team in the league, they could go be the starting quarterback, but they right, don't. But there's right. like this consummate not career backup, but not career starter. Yeah. But known. But to me, Tavares Jackson is in that mix too. I mean, absolutely. Who, who's a more well known, well be, more beloved backup quarterback from the last fifteen years? I mean, it's like him and Chase Daniels. Chase, yeah, I mean, right? and Chase is really more of. But he's like the career else. backup. Right? He, he is the career backup. He has made his career and he's been as a being the backup. Right. I mean, Charlie Whitehurst maybe to some extent was mm, in that. Charlie Whitehurst. Uh, yeah. I I don't know how to think about it, but Teddy Bridgewater to some extent. I mean, he's back into what he expects to be a starting role right. now, uh, and certainly has that. But 
you know, because of the the injury and the way that went down, he might be a type of guy that would be in a in a in a thought process or a conversation like that. But yeah, it, it, it's such a it's such an interesting thing because if you don't get pegged as a starter, but you do get pegged as a backup. You know, we, we've seen kind of how that goes. A lot of guys who don't make it as starters just wash out, okay? So there's something to being a, a real backup. But there's also some guys who kind of lived in those brackish waters of trying to, you know, felt like they could be starters or were starters. And where are you going to go? Now, at the point that Tavares Jackson goes to the Seattle Seahawks, he's accepted the fact that he's going to be a capable backup, you know? Um, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, you get a, a lot of this, too, I mean, it's a hard deal, right? Not knowing, first of all, if your name's going to get called, but also not knowing what team you're going to play for. Like, if you say, I'm accepting this role, you take your family, you go, we're going to Seattle. We're going to be here for three years, you know, or whatever it is. So that's the expectation. And at least in that respect, you have some stability in a position that is just so tremendously unstable. And, right. and, and guys moving, you know, hither and yon at the drop of a hat all the time. And it's more than just, you know, you. Or I should say like this, if it is more than just you, it's a major undertaking, you know? And so uh, that's, that's I think, part of, of a lot of that, too. And I, I also think that being one of the very few guys that fits this definition of what we're talking about, a really good quarterback who's just not quite good enough to be a franchise quarterback, but is definitely good enough to be a starter, but just makes a career as a living on the fringe. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the the things that all those guys have in common is that they're some of the most liked guys in their locker rooms. Yes. And if you looked at Twitter today, from Russell Wilson to Brett Favre to uh, Chris Long, Chris Long, I mean, everybody in yes. between, a bunch of, I mean, so many of the old Vikings guys, they, I mean, obviously, you know, this is a young man. He's only 36 years old. So it's right. very tragic, and you're going to be remembered with more emotion today than, than a lot of other people, you know, that are maybe older. But... I think you could see how widespread it was because there was guys from all sectors of the NFL yes. that were expressing their condolences. And I just don't think you can make it for 10 years in the league without so much of your personality goes into it because yeah. there's a lot of guys that are on that fringe that want to be the starter. And so they their ego gets in the way and it makes it actually so they have less opportunity yeah. and or maybe they end up relegating themselves to playing for the Dolphins. Totally. Instead of playing for a winner and when you have your shot you get it and when you don't i mean it's a pretty admirable job to be able to back up brett Favre and russell wilson right you don't have really much to to hang your head about oh i couldn't beat out russell wilson okay well no one could right (laughs) neither could matt flynn uh it's two telling the one is one or two nine espn radio uh shifting gears uh but staying in the nfl christian mccaffrey he signs the richest running back deal in NFL history, which also is tantamount to saying the most recent running back deal. Uh, he uh, has signed a four-year extension that averages $16 million per year. Uh, that's basically a mil per more than Ezekiel Elliott got in the – which was the last biggest deal to get done. Uh, McCaffrey saying, quote, I'm so excited to continue my career in Carolina. I want to thank Mr. Tepper, uh, Marty Herney, and Coach Rule for the opportunity to help lead this great franchise and to all my teammates for the help along the way. And to Panthers fans, keep pounding. So there you go. Uh, Christian McCaffrey signing on there. He's one of the guys, and there's not many of them, where you go, yeah, pay this man like running backs it's it's yeah i still i still i I still did a triple take at this though just for the pure fact that the volume that he's been in in the league in the league the 
the most the most tried and true metric towards being coming. I mean, I, I don't want to be too dramatic about this, yeah. but the, the the kiss of death, so they say. There has never been a guy in the league, never, not one player ever, that has touched the ball four hundred times or more in back to back seasons and not completely eroded within three years after that. Not one. Every guy that has had that level of volume has just fallen off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And you just worry about him because, granted, he got his big payday much earlier than a lot of guys do. Le'Veon Bell was in the mix for that, and then even at just the ripe old age of 26, it just wasn't a good contract for anybody to give him this kind of money. McCaffrey's only 23. That said, two years ago, 219 carries, 124 catches. So that's 343 touches that's a lot, but it's not towards the the that kiss of death. This year, though, 287 carries, 116 receptions, 142 targets. So you're talking about almost 500 attempted touches and a total of almost 425 touches from yeah. scrimmage. Yeah, That's amazing. I mean, and we were talking about a small group here. The guys that have accomplished this and, and accumulated this, Ricky Williams did it. Larry Johnson for the Chiefs did it. Priest Holmes did it. Jamal Lewis did it. And these guys all just fell off a cliff. I mean, it, it, it's just not really humanly possible. Yeah. The one thing you can't say about McCaffrey is, you know, I mean, I guess on the downside of this analysis that I'm given, he's small. And so that's concerning. But on the upside, his 400 touches are a lot different than Derrick Henry's 400 touches. It's not... Because yeah. he gets it in space a lot, which I think he's twofold, though. You can you're not get a gonna, bigger you're not collision take the sometimes. Co- consistent battery, yeah. but you're going to take more big hits. Yeah. There's also, there is something, you know, you talk about being small. I think sometimes being small in a situation like that actually really works to his advantage because they can roll with it a little bit more sometimes on some of the hits that they take. You know what I mean? Rather than it's always just two bodies mashing when Derrick Henry is getting tackled, you know? And so, uh, but look, it, no no matter how you slice it, you're getting that kind of volume in the National Football League and it's going to take its toll, you know, sooner rather than later. But for right now, like you said, at 23 years of age, hey, that's, I, I think this is a good, I think this is as close to a good deal for a running back on this scale as you could find. Like, this is much better to me than paying Ezekiel Elliott, even. Uh, it's better right. to me than paying maybe Le'Veon well, Bell. Because you're, three you're years getting later. it on the front end. Right. So even if he does completely and utterly erode, you're still likely going to get two to three really good years out of him. For sure. And if you protect him, he could get even more. Who knows what their offense looks like now, too, with this new coach. I mean, they were running more zone read elements and more like inside zone mm-hmm. stuff when they had Cam Newton than anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were the 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 absolute definition of the two back team mm-hmm. more than anybody in the league With when they had Williams Jonathan and John Stewart, Stewart and, and yeah. D'Angelo Williams. I mean. Yeah. You give they they were able to split the load with those guys and actually make both those guys last decently long considering yeah. they were running an inside zone power system. Uh, but I agree, you know, as far as comparing and contra- contrasting to Ezekiel Elliott and, and some of the other guys. And I think that you know, as it all evolves too. I mean, the fact that you can get him in space. I mean, he's their number one receiver too, and so I think that you can mitigate a lot of his touches by not giving it to him between the tackles. We'll see. I mean, as we know, there's a reason that position has been devalued. Yeah, you're just you're gonna take your beating. But I, I do think you're right. The fact that he's so young and and he's not damaged goods. I mean, even Zeke was hurt earlier in his career, and Todd Gurley certainly damaged goods. So as far as the elite guys in the league, he has, 
even though he's got some wear and tear on him, he doesn't have any serious injuries, and he's a little bit different of a running back than a lot of those guys are as well. Stutel Nuanas, 1290 ESPN Radio. Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton, serving Western Montana for over 60 years. Get in and test drive a Duramax, GMC, or Chevy. Feel the difference and get the best deal at Mildenberger Motors. On the other side, how do you make money owning a cruise ship? At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. sound around just me and the fence post staring each other down nothing but a big bunch of nothing driving me insane cause there ain't no voice that's loud I've been doing some math and something's fishy that's all I gotta say philosophers doing math it's a bad, bad combo. Keep the hu- the humanities out of the sciences. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not a good combination, but yet here we go. It's Sue Tell and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the show, listen on the podcast. The podcast available wherever you get your podcast. It's there all the time. Rate, review, subscribe, and listen on your own time. It's there thanks to Blackfoot. Okay, Coulter, so... We were having a conversation about cruise ships earlier. Yes, we were. Okay. Do you know how much it costs to build a cruise ship? Oh, I can't even imagine. I looked it up. Okay. Okay. The most recent cruise ship that was built, uh, I forget which line, whatever it was, $1.4 billion. Billion. How many are there? I mean, there's quite a number. Those things coming and going out of the Seattle Harbor on the regular in season. I don't know. So, but let's just use for sake of a round number a billion dollars for a cruise ship, okay? It's just the even same. though even though it's you know more 1. than 2 that. is uh, in fact two hundred million dollars yeah, more. It's a lot. It's a it's lot. lot. Two hundred million, four hundred million dollars. Okay. Now, how much does it cost to go on a cruise? I have no clue. I've Tommy, never in my life considered this. Okay, so I've seen these commercials where it's like go on a cruise for like six hundred bucks, right, for a week, right? Which I find crazy. Let's call Darren. No, no, I got now. Darren does know. He's on a cruise. He's a probably year. on a cruise right now. He might be. He might. According be. to Carnival.com, yeah, it averages out to seventy nine dollars per day per person. I mean that. I see. I was going to go like fifteen hundred bucks for the week. Seventy nine bucks a day is like six hundred dollars. Okay, I. Fi- All I'm saying is this. Okay, how many people can you do on a cruise ship? Five thousand, something like that. Maybe more. Maybe it's eight. Let's say it's five thousand. Okay, five thousand people at seven hundred, six hundred bucks a shot for the week. You're making about, you know, three million dollars gross on this. Okay, that's like six years of weekly tours to pay for the boat. Mm-hmm. But you got a crew, an egregious amount of fuel, of food, of <laughs> okay. upkeep. Of maintenance? What's the point? 
I mean, I don't. I think the ship is out of commission before you've paid back the loan. I don't mm. understand how you're making money on the cruise ships. That's what I don't understand. Hmm. I mean, I mean, they're obviously making money hand over fist, or this would have been an industry that has been. <laughs> That's why I'm saying somebody's doing something shady. They're stopping off well, in the right. Caymans. I mean, isn't everybody doing something shady? No. No, no, everybody is not. I'm not doing anything I shady. This, so uh, you're suggesting that the mafia is running that's cruise what ships. I'm saying. Mm. I'm saying that they're going in here and they're putting on a big show of it and they're giving you, you know, $79 a day for all you can eat and and a place where now, now, it now, costs stop. me more than this stop. to live here. There's at no my such home. there's no all you can eat for $79 a day. If that's the case, I, you'll never see me again. I'm moving into a cruise no, no, ship. No, no, no. If you are, is this not true? If you're on a cruise, it's all you can eat. That's the part of the big draw. I, I wish we could have recorded our dinner in Boise the day that the sports world shut down. We had dinner with all the fellow media people. Yes. Uh, Darren Winberg, who works at NBC Montana, is, who's someone that we both find uh, absolutely hilarious. He's awesome. Uh, we basically had a back and forth about um, how cruise ships are his dream come true. You couldn't... F- find someone that likes more of the elements of a cruise ship than Darren. You couldn't find someone that dislikes more of the elements of the cruise ship than me. Have you, <laughs> only have we you been on a cruise? Dude. <laughs> That's a yes! I get seasick. I get sick riding in the backseat of a car well, no, 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 driving no. across Missoula. You're not on a dinghy in the middle of a monsoon. <laughs> okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a city! It's a floating city. It's not being shook by some waves. I'm a mountain and a desert guy. I have no attraction to the ocean whatsoever. I feel very uncomfortable when I'm in the middle of large bodies of water. I hate being around uh, that many people that I can't escape. You can't escape. I don't escape. like it's rumbas or waltzes or tangos or well, karaoke never been. or buffet-style food. I don't like any of it. You've never been on a cruise, have you? Of course not. Okay, but here's what I'm saying. I think everything... Now, I've never been, but everything you're saying right there is is so stereotypical. I don't think it's probably that real. Oh, no. Oh, no. Darren told us all about how he loves to go dance with the 75-year-old but lady. But you don't have to go. That's what I'm well, saying. What am I going to do? Whatever you want. Probably. No, not whatever you want. There's no mountains to hike or golf to you be can played. Go. Yeah, there is golf to be you played. You can't escape, so that's not You good. can go to your cabin, read a book, do whatever you want to do. You're not going to get seasick on a cruise. Can I cook? No. Sure. You could cook your own food? Absolutely. You, you can do can? whatever you want. How do you get your own food? There is-, is there a Mickey D's on the cruise ship? I yes don't know. Or no? I don't know if there is. <laughs> I know there's a bunch of different restaurants, a bunch of different places to eat. Some of the places are like a pay-for-it deal, but I don't think there is such a thing as a cruise that doesn't have a built-in all-you-can-eat feature to it. That's have like you the been big on draw. the cruise? No. No, I've never been. Okay. What's the likelihood that you would go? I would I would be happy to go one time. I don't really fancy myself a cruise person particularly. But I what does that mean? Out. What does that mean, a cruise person? It means that I don't think I would enjoy it that much, but oh, I would certainly I go. I hate being warm and having a nice time and not having to work. That's Ryan Tootel's no, stance. What I'm saying is that if you got X number of days of vacation a year, I probably wouldn't use seven of those days to go on a, on a cruise. I would do something else with my time. But if I had an opportunity to go, I would not say no to it. I have some personal trauma coming up. Oh boy! And and I'd like to just talk about it because that's it's healthy. For this, we only had a couple minutes now, Tommy. Some good friends, close friends, folks whom I love dearly went on a cruise. Yeah, and and, and that's when the the dog thing. That's happened. right, and they came back to one less dog that you were 
caretaking. So as far as I'm concerned, yes, Coulter, I'm sure there is a conspiracy surrounding cruise ships. And also... What, what did I say there was a conspiracy? No, I'm the one who said it because I still don't understand how you make your $1.2 billion back at $79 a day when you're feeding all these people endless amounts of, of, of seafood. Talk. Let's talk about the massive, uh, you know... Hotels in Las Vegas. Can't you apply that same principle there? Yeah, and There's we know no, it's shady. They're making money on the games. The gambling, man. That's where There's the gambling on in. cruise ships. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the case. Here's the other industry. I don't know how they make any money. Q-tips. <laughs> I mean, here's a thousand this Q-tips. This is what happens when you stay up until four in the morning every night. When this you is why you asked me about sleeping. You're not sleeping. Thousand Q-tips in a little box of this thing. This is going to last me about nine years. I paid a dollar thirty-seven for it. Were they just waiting for another nickel to come in every third year? <laughs> How do the Q-tip people make anything at all? I think Q-tip is a brand of a cotton stick as a generic product. Okay, but the point remains. The thing that is whatever the Q-tip is to clean your ears out. Yeah. I mean, how... They are so inexpensive, and you get so many of them and use them so infrequently. I don't know how there's demand enough to keep these people in business. I don't know. I have I have been around some folks who have crushed some boxes of Q-tips. I mean, what are like, you doing? <laughs> you get a box of 1,000? A week later, got to get Q-tips. No, stop. This is, this is a true stop. story. Yes. What? What? Yeah. They're great for cleaning. <laughs> That's what they're built to do. So I would hope that they are great for it. Uh, a lot of women use them for makeup removal. Okay. I don't know. I, I mean, just don't. I just don't think it's there for me. The cruise ship industry uses I, a lot of them for cleaning the no, crevices for, uh, on yes. the deck. That's you guys how you these, get a carnival cruise. Have you guys seen these new inventions that help you clean your ears in a more efficient, less dangerous way than a Q-tip? Uh, it's almost like a mini handheld drill for your eardrums. That sounds very safe. Yes. I. I oh, I, I have dude, seen these. I am, I, I am like obsessed with. The, the stuff that pops up on social media showing you the way that this removes the wax from your inner ear. I got I don't, I don't have any Stop. idea. The only the only visual you've given me is a screwdriver in my <laughs> ear, which doesn't sound that fun. I mean, you're basically blunt force traumaing your eardrum with the Q-tip. No, not you, just, you numb nuts have you 20 seconds. It Figure it out. Get out of this show, would you? <laughs> Hey, we got more NFL uh, division by division favorite players tomorrow and uh, also some more interviews for you. So, two tell the ones. Thanks for listening. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.